listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. With all the crazy stuff that's being said and done, you know, what what fool thought up the idea to defund the police? I mean, that what a stupid, stupid idea. It's chaos. It's not of God. It's stupid. You know, it makes me laugh to see people thinking that they're bringing an ultimate solution to a problem by trying to destroy order. I mean, what a foolish, foolish thing. Um, so in that light, we're going to deal with it today on the broadcast because what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about chaos? Well, chaos doesn't bring peace, number one. doesn't bring joy. It brings pain. It brings calamity. It brings disorder, and it brings destruction. I find it interesting, and I think you should too, I find it interesting that God used chaos against his enemies. Did you ever think about that? God used chaos against his enemies. So if, you, if you're watching me right now, I want you to write it down. I want you to put it in the comment section. God is a God of order. It's very important that we understand that. God is a God of order. He does things in an orderly fashion. And it should be telling to you, should be a very telling fact that he used chaos against his enemies throughout scripture. He used chaos, and I'm going to give you some scripture on that. That's it. God is a God of order. God is a God of order. Pop it in the comments section. He used chaos against his enemies. Very important that we understand that. Because if God used chaos against his enemies, then one of the things we should recognize is that God views chaos as a weapon see that, that if God used chaos against his enemies, he views chaos as a weapon and he used it as a weapon in scripture. And I'm going to show, I'm going to show that to you. For those of you that are watching today, I'm going to take you into the word and show it to you. Start by going with me to Genesis chapter 11, very beginning of the Bible. God using chaos as a weapon should show you that it's a destructive power. You know, people that are, you you can't, I can't even understand. I mean, I understand it biblically, but the mindset of people, and I know sinners will never know because their spirits are unregenerated. But like, if you can't clearly see an antichrist agenda at work in the earth today, you are blind, my friend, completely blind. Let me show you what I mean by completely blind. And people have been mocking it with memes online. It needs to be said. It, it, it's that it's very dangerous for any of us to go to church and gather together. New York, of course, is one of the strictest states we've got. And, um, you know, here, they just yesterday, they or was it Saturday morning? It was Sunday morning. They opened up 
the public gatherings to 25% capacity. Oh yeah, it's very dangerous for all of us to come and gather in church. Very dangerous. Meanwhile, you've got even politicians who support social distancing jamming themselves together with other people in protests and marches and gatherings for other political purposes. No, no. It's very dangerous for us to be in church worshiping the Lord together. However, 25% capacity. Don't Only 25% of the building should be full. But then you look at these videos and pictures of people packed together on the street marching. Where are the authorities that are coming in with six-foot measurements on everybody? You'll notice, won't you, if you watch what's going on on TV and on your, on your news feed on your phone, nobody's six feet apart. Nobody's six feet apart on the marches. Nobody's six feet apart when they're in their gatherings, you know, bowing down and lifting their hands and doing everything, all the stuff that they're doing. Nobody's six feet apart when they're rioting on the streets. Nobody's six feet apart when they're looting. And, and literally, you know, forget the illegal stuff. You've got politicians that are willing to get right up shoulder to shoulder with people for, yeah, exactly, for hours and hours and hours to, for political purposes and have nothing to say about social distancing. But if you're coming to church, you better stay six feet apart and you better have proper social distancing guidelines in order. My mom said, just tell them you're having a protest. I saw, you You think that's a joke, but they actually said, they actually said on the news and somebody sent me the screenshot of it, actually said on the news, it's, it's completely fine if you're gathering together to protest and whatever you want to do, get out together, pack the streets, have gatherings, do as many people as you want, do whatever you want to do, unless you're protesting the stay-home order. I mean, it's like, bro, how stupid do you think we are? It actually said that on the news. It said, protests are fine, gatherings are fine, gather as many people as you want, all that's cool, unless you're protesting the stay-at-home order, then it's not allowed. So literally, do you think, I mean, we're being lied to. Are you are you kidding me? Do you think we're idiots? Do you honest, honestly think we're idiots? And Oh yeah, that's, that's told, that's totally fine. But don't go to church, brother. Don't go to church. Yeah, are, you, you've lost your mind. Lost your mind. Yeah, Isaiah said in the comments, uh, there was a march of about 2,000 people in the streets of Elmira, nobody was worried about COVID-19. Nobody was worried about Corona. You know what they're saying? That the t- Now that we've even got the testing and vaccines getting ready to be ready, they said it really doesn't matter because we're completely running out of sick people. There's no, no sick people to even do anything with. So let me think, you think about how crazy it is. We've been lied to. If you don't think it's a controlling force, an antichrist agenda, did you ever think about this? It's cool if you want to push hate in the streets. And if you don't think they're pushing hate, you've not watched what's actually been going on at a lot of these places. If you don't think they're pushing hate. You know, it actually is crazy to me. You've got people now that are being asked and forced to bow down 
to black people. Have you seen this on the on the on the uh, news or on your feed? To bow down, they're wanting people to. Uh, we're fighting for equality, but we want you to bow down. It's like what happened to the equality? It's just an anti-Christ agenda. It's just hate-filled hearts doing what hate-filled hearts do. And if you can't see that, if nobody can see that, you're blind and don't understand what's going on in the world. It has nothing to do with love, has nothing to do with equality. It has everything to do with hate, everything to do with hate. And if you think that the best idea anybody ever had was to defund the police, let me tell you, it's insane to me. I watched a video of the mayor of a city, who, by the way, is a, a total reject if you see the videos, a mayor of the city is being dismissed by the crowd and booed as he walks away because he refuses to defund the police. Dismissed. You may go. I was like, who do you think you are? And people are just dumb, laying down their rights, laying down their ability. And it's, it's chaos. Descending into chaos is because you're diminishing and it brings destruction. It, it, it's, it's not something that will ever build a nation. Any fool that thinks anything that's happening right now is going to build the nation is a total fool. Anybody. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's a preacher. I don't care if it's a pastor of a church. If you think what's going on right now in our nation is going to build the nation to a greater place, you're an absolute fool. And I would say it to your face if you were here. Because you can't even show me, forget scripturally, you can't show me even logically how what's going on right now is going to build and produce a greater and a more unified nation. It's not going to. And peep, that's why I've been saying since the beginning that people are total fools if they think doing anything in the natural realm, in the flesh, doing it from a fleshly perspective is going to bring total change. It won't bring total change. You'll make some changes. No question you will. But you won't bring a change to the hearts of men. You won't bring the end of racism. You won't bring the end of hate. You'll never do it. You'll never, ever do it. Because hate is not something that someone has because they're misinformed about a race or because it's all stems from wickedness. And the chaos you're seeing in the streets, by the way, is just an anti-Christ agenda to destroy this nation. I told you before, this is a strong independent nation. You can't have a one world government and a one world uh, uh, religion and a one world system if you've got strong independent nations. And so the work has to be done to tear strong independent nations down so that we can descend into a one world government and a one world system, which is Bible prophecy. It will happen, but not before the church is gone. So I want you to understand this. It won't happen before the church is gone because we're the salt and we are the light. We are the salt and we are the light of the world. And so it needs to be said chaos, you descend into chaos. You descend into chaos. What do you think is going to happen when you put a bunch of hurt people, people that are out there, they are hurt, they are frustrated, they are angry, and then you put them out there and then pump them up even more and more full of that momentum and urgency. And people are going to, these aren't, I mean, I mean, if they, if, if they are, if, 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 the people that are rioting and looting are Christians. They're not Christians. They're just not. 
Because it, uh, being a Christian has nothing to do with what you say, has everything to do with what you do. Has everything to do with what you do. And if you're a thief, then you're not a part of the kingdom. Because Jesus said in John 14, 21, in fact, let's go there before we go to Genesis. Look what Jesus said in John 14, 21. He that has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's John 14, 21. Jesus is saying the only people that truly love him are the people that obey his word. That's, that's it. Faith without works is dead. You can say things all day long, but if you don't do them, you're not a believer. You're not. That's like what John said in 1 John 4. He said, if you say you love God and you hate your brother, you're a liar and the love of God's not in you. So you can't be Christian and racist at the same time. You can't be a Christian and a thief at the same time. You understand? You can't be a Christian and a murderer at the same time. People who love God obey his word and do what he said to do. You don't get to pick and choose which parts of the Bible you obey when you're a Christian. You just obey it because you're kingdom first and your culture last. That's an unpopular opinion, my friends. It's an unpopular opinion in America right now. You start saying stuff like that and people label you a racist. Well, real Christians should stand up for that. Let me tell you what real Christians do. They stand up for what the word of God says. And I haven't seen more scriptures taken out of context in this time than I've ever, I've never seen more scriptures taken out of context than I have right now. I've never seen it. Blows my mind. And I don't mind to speak out about it. I don't mind saying it, calling them out and calling them foolish. Christians that want to hide behind scriptures that have nothing to do with what they're talking about, nothing to do, hiding behind scriptures to support Black Lives Matter, hiding behind scriptures to support riots and looting. And I mean, fools, absolute fools. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's like, I could help you find better scriptures to support actual peaceful activism than the ones people are using. I'm not against activism. And I'm not against peaceful protesting. We have the right to do both of those things. And they have helped. They have brought help uh, in the past for legislation, better punishment, better equality. I understand that they've helped and I'm not against them. And don't think I'm speaking against activism or peaceful protesting because they both have their place, but they will never end what wickedness does. You know why? Because peaceful protesting doesn't bring people to Jesus. Activism doesn't bring people to Jesus unless that action is preaching the gospel. And so I don't care if you're a pastor and you're wrapped up in political uh, agendas, get back to preaching the gospel. If you're a pastor, blows my mind. You've got pastors who refuse to open up their churches. Now, let me, let me just say this plainly. You've got pastors that refuse to open up their churches and instead are attending marches. Well, I don't feel we should come back to church yet. Oh, you don't. But you feel it's cool for everybody to go down to a march. It's, it's like, open your eyes, bro. Open your eyes. You've been lied to and you've swallowed the lie hook, line, and sinker. Open your eyes. Well, I don't feel like we should come back to church yet. It's not quite where we need to be. Oh, but let's all go to marches. That's cool. And the pastors all over America are attending marches and the churches are still shut. It's like, bro, you don't even get it. 
You don't even get it. It starts to, I start to realize why the Lord had me prophesy in the fall of last year, that the things that everybody thought the Lord was in, he was never in, they're coming down in 2020. And things that God truly was in that people didn't even know about will rise from obscurity in 2020. And, and I'll be honest with you. I'll be very honest with you. I don't care if I get blocked by people during this time. I don't care if people unfollow me. I don't, I don't care if people, you know, turn me off. It, it doesn't matter to me because the truth many times is unpopular. And I'm saying the truth in love. I'm telling you, it's time to open your church back up again. Churches shut pastors marching. Well, we don't really want to open the churches yet because, you know, coronavirus. Meanwhile, they've got them and then they're, they're pumping their people up on social media to get involved in these marches and get down shoulder to shoulder about it. Let's get out there and do the work. And let me tell you something. Those pastors are going to be in trouble. They're going to be in trouble because you cannot have that kind of a discrepancy in your own ministry. And wonder why you're not increasing and why God's not putting his hand of blessing on you. I'll tell you why. It's because you've put things out of position and you're out of, your priorities are out of whack. Totally out of whack. The body of Christ needs strong leaders right now that will stand up and do what the Bible says and not care if they get claps and mmms and ahs and shouts of hallelujah from people that don't even know what they should believe in the first place. And I can talk like this because I'm not, I wasn't called by you. I wasn't hired by any people. I was not sent forth by any people. I was called by God. Not, I wasn't called for the people. I was called to the people. They didn't call me. God called me. You didn't hire me. So you can't fire me. And I could care less if people block my social media accounts and stop watching the broadcast because the truth needs to be heard. It needs to be heard blows my mind. And the truth and love is what will change the world. But pastors need to hear it. And I don't mind saying it because I'm a fellow minister with you. I'm a fellow minister with you. And I'm not against pastors. I'm for them. I am for the church. So open up the church. All the guys, blows my mind, all the guys who when the government said we need to shut the churches down, all of them stood up with their nice little uh, spectacles on and said, we need Romans 13, obey those that are above you. Obey them. It's the government. And then the government gets up and says, open up houses of worship. And they're like, I'm not opening it up until I feel to. It's amazing to me how you've got guys that are willing to just, oh yeah, government says no, so no, we're not going to meet. And then government says, open it up. And they say, we don't feel to open up yet. God didn't speak to me. He doesn't have to speak to you because he never told you to shut. God never told you to shut your church down. No, isn't it interesting? There were no pastors. There were no pastors who felt in their spirit to go to online only services before Corona hit. See, I would have way more respect for any preacher that like back in January said, you know, I feel in my spirit to go to online only services. I don't know why, but I feel to. And went to online only. And then everything hit and they were ahead of the curtain. They said, you know what? See, I felt to do this. And if those are the people that said, I still don't feel to open up yet. I closed before Corona's, uh, Corona and I still don't feel. Of course, I mean, it would be unscriptural, but I, you know, I'd have more respect for them because at least they'd be consistent and operating with half of a brain. Then these people, are, well, government said to shut. Government said to shut, so we're going to shut. 
Do I think the church should be practicing social distancing? No. Cheryl asked on Facebook, do you think the church should be practicing? I don't think they should. Not if we can go out here with 30,000 people and go shoulder to shoulder all day long down the streets and nobody has anything to say about it. And I'm in faith. I, ref I, I told my wife and I said it from the beginning, I will never, you'll never see me wear a mask in church. Can you imagine? You would never see me wearing a mask in church. Stupid. It's dumb. You know, we have faith that God can do anything. We're the church. We're the people of God. We say we believe in divine healing and the protective power of the Holy Ghost. You'd never see this preacher doing that, ever. Ever. It's ridiculous. And do I think the church should be practicing social distancing? No. I think it's stupid. Because you either believe the Bible or you don't believe the Bible. I've said it. I said it from the beginning of this quarantine that you've got to make up your mind. These hands either catch and spread diseases or they heal the sick. They don't do both. They have to do one or the other. They don't. They can't catch and spread diseases while still healing the sick. It's one or the other. And I think it's, I don't think any church should be forced to social distance. I think that's a stupid concept. And shame on of a, a government that in a free nation where we have the constitution forcing things on the church. Shame on a government that would do that. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And chaos. We're de you descend into chaos. You, you don't ascend into chaos. You descend because it's a destructive force. It's, yeah, six feet apart didn't work. It's a destructive force. You know, the, the law, one of the, what is it, the second law of thermodynamics? Entropy. Entropy is what happens when things go uncared for and untouched. I'll give you an example. You go build a sandcastle at the beach and leave it there. You come back two weeks later, it, it, it won't be there anymore. Why? Because when, it, when everything's left to its own devices and chaos ensues, everything just goes back to nothing. That's how you should even know, by the way, anybody that has any issue believing in God, that's how you should know just through science that there is a creator and a divine curator of this world because nothing grows towards order. It grows towards chaos if unkept. You let your, leave your house. You think... What do you think is going to happen? You leave your house for five years and don't have everybody care for it. You think your house is going to just grow towards more order and more cleanliness and more. It's going to go to chaos. Anything uncared for, anything unkept goes to chaos. And when people leave their hearts and minds unkept, it takes them into chaos. You understand? It's what's happening in our society because preachers haven't preached the truth and they've gotten weak and nobody's preached against sin and nobody's given a crap about evangelism. And so you got a whole generation of people that have descended into chaos because the church has been silent and the church has been more about entertainment than they have been about the power of God. And so as a result, churches are shrinking because they're not involved in evangelism and they've got no power of the Holy Ghost flowing in their services. It's about entertainment. They won't stand against sin and so they've gone from being the salt and the light to being the nothing and the nothing 
And then you wonder, why could our, how could our nation come to this place? I, pick me. I can tell you how. I can tell you how. Weak leadership. Weak, weak leadership in churches run by their little board. Where are the men of God with backbones that aren't run all over their church by their board members? It's ridiculous. Well, I'd like to be able to do that, but the board said I can't. What kind of a leader are you? What kind of a man of God are you? Think Jesus consulted a board before he made decisions? Please. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. You got people that... They've lost their minds. Where are the strong leaders at? Where are the backbones at? Everybody laying down. Well, I actually had a guy tell me, we'd love to have you, but my board just doesn't want to uh, do the things that it takes to have you in. It's like, I don't even make demands. I don't even have a list that I send. Well, I just don't feel we can do it. The board's not into it. The board doesn't agree. It's like, are you the leader of the church or not? Because if not, go get a seat somewhere, sit down. Get yourself a lemonade or an iced tea and sit in the back and let the big boys run things. Unbelievable. Well, I just don't, I I can't make those kinds of decisions. Oh, you can't. Well, maybe step down. Be a cold day in hell for that would be the kind of leadership that I'd enter into. Foolishness. Absolute foolishness. And we've got a generation of weak leaders that grew up with a, with a seeker-sensitive movement that was a freaking lie from an antichrist system to shut the anointing out of the church. Do you think it's any surprise that with a seeker-sensitive movement came the hyper-grace message that your choices don't matter and you can live however you want and God will still bless you? It's not a surprise. It's an order of events. Recognize something. It's an order of events. Weak leadership stops taking control and doing what God says, and then God's plans are not put in motion, and then you go, you descend into chaos. Well, we have pastor by committee, brother. Our church does pastor by committee. Oh, really? What's that? Which ministry gift is that? Pastor by committee. Because let me give you a heads up. Anything with more than one head is a monster. Put it in the comments. Anything with more than one head is a monster that needs to be cut down because it's chaos. Anything God did, he did with a leader, a leader. Anything with more than one head is a monster. Well, we do pastor by committee. I know pastor by committee. Unbelievable. Let's go to Genesis 11. The Bible says that the whole earth in these days had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, bitumen for mortar, And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have one language 
and this is only the beginning of what they'll do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Why were these people, who by the way, were not godly people, these were pagan people if you don't know, why were they able, according to God, to do anything they set their hearts to do? Why? Because God said they're in unity. One people, one language, one desire. He said now they'll be able to do whatever they set their hearts to do. Love you, Pastor Mark. And so God said, I refuse to let these ungodly people stay in unity and do whatever they want to do. So what did God do? God used chaos as a weapon against the ungodly. And the Bible says, he said, come, let us go down there and confuse their language. Hallelujah. So that they may not understand one another's speech. And so the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them all over the face of the earth. Wicked people that had unity. These weren't godly people. So it just shows you the power of unity. And when wicked people get into unity, wicked things happen. And so God uses chaos to destroy the plans of his enemies. Think about that. God uses chaos to destroy the plans of his enemies. He doesn't use chaos among his people. Uh, you know what the Bible says in the book of Psalms? It says how good and pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. How good and pleasant it is. See, because division brings destruction, but unity brings peace. Division brings destruction. That's why God sent chaos towards his enemies. That's why God used chaos as a weapon, because he knew that wherever it shows up, it brings destruction and it will divide and conquer. Huh. If you can't see behind the scenes of what's going on in America, Blows my mind. If you can't see behind the scenes of what's actually happening and the agenda of what's going on to bring destruction to this nation, you don't have your eyes open. You're not looking. If you think, I mean, you know, George Floyd's own brother, George Floyd's own brother was calling for an end to this stuff. It's not, a, nobody's honoring the member of memory of George Floyd. Please. I've, I've, I've mocked that before. I'll mock it again. It doesn't matter how many bottles of Jack Daniel and wild turkey you steal from your liquor store. It does not honor the memory of George Floyd and the travesty of his murder. Doesn't matter how many flat screens you cart out of Target and Walmart. It doesn't honor the memory of George Floyd and the travesty of his murder, which was a murder and it was wrong. And thank God those police officers are going to get justice. We pray. This is like ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it's just all in the memory of George Floyd. It is not in the memory of George. Get, please, give me a break. People have descended into chaos because of wickedness. It's wickedness. Absolute wickedness. I'll show you again. First Chronicles. Or go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 20. Let's look there. I'll show you another time in the word of God. 
Yeah, burning down places, burning down buildings. This is going to help the family of George Floyd. This is in the memory of George Floyd. It has nothing to do with George Floyd. Has nothing to do with it. People blow my mind, man. And you got Christians jumping on the bandwagon. Well, I don't necessarily agree with the looting, and I don't necessarily agree with the... They don't even get it. They don't. You can't even talk to people because they don't even get it. You can lay it out logically and scripturally, and they still don't get it. You know why? Because many people are run by their emotions and not by principles. That's why. People are run by emotions and not by principles. If you're run by emotion, you'll always fail and you'll always do the wrong thing. If you don't go by the principles of God's word and you go by your emotions, you'll always fail and you'll always do the wrong thing. You know, let me tell you somebody that should have been able to be run by their emotions in a moment. King David came back and recognized that all of their wives and children in their camp had been abducted, taken away along with their treasure, everything that they had. You go to 1 Samuel chapter 30, read about it for yourself. He comes back with his mighty men and the women are gone. The children are gone. His stuff is gone. If you want to talk about a time where you should have been able to react by emotion, this is the time. David's like, my wife's wife's gone. My kids are gone. Everybody else's wife and kids are gone. My stuff's gone. Let's go get it. He didn't do that, did he? If you read it for yourself, he said, we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything until first we consult the Lord. He didn't do it. He didn't do anything. He said, no, we're going to consult the Lord first. And then he said to the Lord, should I pursue them? I mean, I want you to think about how deep this goes. That David was saying, if God was to say to me, don't pursue them. He's saying, I'm willing to let my wife go and my kids go and my stuff go and stay right here and not go after them if the Lord says no. Because if the Lord's not with me, what's the point? I mean, I know I, I, maybe people haven't read this stuff. Let me read it to you. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. Listen. Now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag, and they'd overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. And they killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. And David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. So don't act like they didn't care about their friends and their family and their wives and children. They sat there and wept. So they could have easily reacted emotionally because they were emotional about it. And David's two wives had also been taken captive, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. That'll distress you. Because all the people were bitter in soul. See, their souls were made bitter by what was going on. Each for his sons and daughters. But David 
strengthened himself in the Lord his God and said to Abiathar the priest, bring me the ephod. So the, uh, Abiathar brought the ephod to David and David inquired of the Lord. David goes back to principles rather than out on his emotion. Inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and surely rescue. So David set out and the 600 men who were with him, and they came to the brook called Bezor, where those who were left behind stayed. So catch this. David didn't take one step forward in his emotion. He didn't go to get his wife and his kids, wives and kids and stuff back because he was angry or because he was emotional, or because he reacted to something wicked people did, he first inquired. He said, if it's not God's word to do it, I'm not doing it. Unless the Lord's with me. Unless the Lord will fight with me. Unless the Lord's behind what's going on, I'm not doing it. Psalm 127, the Bible says in verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. (laughs) They labor in vain that build it. And so people are insane if they think. (laughs) I saw somebody actually put online. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people I've seen take scripture out of context. (laughs) Somebody put online, you think marches don't do anything? Ask Joshua and the the children that rushed around the walls of Jericho. equating Joshua and Jericho with activism in 2020. (laughs) That's what they were doing, you genius. Joshua and, and, and the Israelites that marched around Jericho, they were engaged in political activism. People couldn't be any more shallow in the word than they are. It blows my mind. What about the 99 and the one? Yes, other lives matter too. They're the 99, but the one is the one that's in trouble. Luke 15, by the way, is about salvation, not about activism. The woman who went to see the unjust judge and banged on his door and banged on his door. Luke 18, that's a sign of activism. No, actually, if you read it in context, Jesus was giving them a parable about how they should always pray and never faint. It's about vehement prayer has nothing to do with political activism. Context matters, people. Context. Can't just mold the word of God to make it say whatever you want it to say. It's why we're in the state we're in now. It's where the hyper grace message came from. Has nothing to do with the word of God. It's people that have molded the word of God to make it say whatever they want it to say. You think marches don't work? Ask Joshua around Jericho. Yeah, that's what they were doing. They were doing political activism. Well, brother, in a sense, they were. No, they weren't. And anything that God is in will work. Anything that God is in will work. You understand that? So if God's involved with it, the anointing's on it. And if the anointing's on it, it'll work. It'll be victorious. That's why I go back to Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. was anointed by God. If you go back and watch 
him speaking. If you go back and watch what he did and how he stood, he was anointed by God. He was anointed. If you don't think he was, he was. He'd be rolling over in his grave if that was possible, if he saw what was going on today with BLM. Totally rolling over in his grave. He was an anointed man of God. He understood what it took. I saw somebody online. It's fine to quote Martin Luther King Jr., but how about quoting some of the political black voices of today? If they'd get anointed like he was anointed, maybe somebody would quote them. (laughs) Maybe somebody would quote them. But white people shouldn't speak. Unbelievable. That's racist in and of itself. White people shouldn't say anything. I actually saw a guy online yesterday that said white spiritual leaders should give up their platforms and their microphones to anybody in the crowd that ha- that's of, of color. And we should sit down and shut up because we sh- it's very selfish of us right now to be speaking. Let me tell you something. I ain't sitting down or shutting up. What a stupid thing to say by a shallow fool that doesn't understand what spiritual leadership actually is. If you're so dumb that you think someone's skin color has to be a certain shade to preach the truth in any situation, then you have a racist issue in your own spirit. Do you think God anoints someone because they're black? Do you think God anoints someone because they're white? Do you think God anoints somebody because they're Puerto Rican? If you do, you don't know God and you're a racist fool. God doesn't anoint people because they're black or white or Puerto Rican or Native American. God anoints people because they get saved and they're yielded to his Holy Spirit. There is no Jew nor Greek in the body of Christ, nor male or female in the eyes of God. We are one with Christ. God doesn't anoint people because they're black or white or Puerto Rican or Native American or Asian. That's a stupid thought. And to say that white preachers should step down or sit down and not speak to issues because of their skin color is a racist sentiment from a foolish person that is filled with racism in their own heart. They're showing their own true colors. Well, you don't understand what we've gone through. I actually had a guy tell me, There's my friend, Jimmy Douglas. God doesn't anoint Jimmy Douglas because he's Jamaican. Anoints him because he's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. People are crazy. Crazy. I actually had a guy tell me, you should never, you should never speak about things you can't speak. This this was told to me a week ago. You should never speak because you're white and you've never walked a mile in their shoes. Oh, I said, really? Is that the logic we're using? We're going to use that logic because if we use that logic, then no black person today should ever mention slavery one time, not once, because you've never walked a mile in a slave's shoes. So that should be completely off the table. I should never hear another person of color speak about reparations ever again, ever again, or speak about slavery or any of that. You've never tasted it. You live in the greatest nation in the world and have been afforded every single blessing just like I have. That's not the logic you use if you're a smart person. But people, unfortunately, aren't smart. They're not smart. Many people just run around and spew out of their emotions stuff that they've been told by propaganda from mainstream media, and that's their life. That's what they live. Christians don't do that. 
Christians have the mind of Christ. Christians don't do that. Christians understand what spiritual leadership is in place for. God didn't call. You think, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I'm getting to the point where I just don't understand how much, how much more simple I can speak the message and, and preach and teach the message. God didn't anoint me because I'm white. He didn't call me into the ministry because I'm white. He didn't call black pastors because they're black. If you think that's the case, <laughs> let me ask you a question. If you think that's the case, why do you think who do you think the greatest evangelist who won souls, the souls of black men and women, brought them into the kingdom of God? Do you realize the greatest evangelist that ever did that in the history of the world was white? Dr. Reinhard Bonnke, who's now in heaven, who in a 10, just in a 10-year window of his extremely long ministry saw over 60 million salvations in Africa alone. You think about that. If if white people cannot speak the truth to people of color or any, any, anything else, then what business did God have raising up Dr. Reinhard Bonnke to win more souls to Christ in the nation of Africa where he wasn't even from? He was German. And God raised him up. And in a 10-year window, 60 million souls by actual card count. Well, I, I think the stuff that he did for the kingdom really didn't matter because he was white. All those people, he shouldn't have been preaching to the people in Africa. He shouldn't have been holding these crusades. God should have raised up a black person to do that. What an idiot. Anybody that would think like that. What an idiot. Think about the Reverend A.A. A. Allen before he passed away. In the voice of healing, one of the first ministers to have segregated church services under his tent that held thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And he was criticized by everybody because he had segregated. He didn't have segregated. He, he brought them together. There wasn't white seating and black seating. He had everybody sitting together, praising God together, worshiping together, hearing the word together. And when people came through the prayer line, they came through together. They got their miracles together. And he was People hated him for it. Touched black people all over America. Look at his son in the gospel, R.W. Shambach, who went into the inner cities of America, Newark, Camden, Brooklyn, the Bronx, south, south, uh, south side of Chicago, south central L.A., went all through America, setting up his tent, preaching in the inner cities of America, Philadelphia. And probably 90%, if you want to be conservative, 80%, of the people that were sitting under the tent were black people. In the altar call, getting saved, black people. Coming through the prayer line, getting healed, black people. God should have never raised up Brother Shambach to do that. Should have raised up a black man. You're a fool if you think that way. You're a fool if you think that way. Because God doesn't anoint people because they're black. And he doesn't anoint people because they're white. And he doesn't anoint people because they're Puerto Rican. Doesn't anoint people because they're Asian or, or Native American. He anoints people who are saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and will yield to his Holy Spirit. Crazy. I see my friend Tim Adams. He's shouting me down in the comments section. I love Tim Adams. Greatest guitar player I've ever played with. God didn't anoint Tim because he's black. Anointed Tim because he's anointed. He's a child of God. He's full of the Holy Ghost. 
So how, how far are we going to go with this? If white people need to shut up and not preach the truth of God's word, then should we also not minister together? Should we also not minister together? Should I not play with Tim and praise and have praise and worship with my brother John Grimsley and my brother Tim Adams? Should I not engage with them? Because no, they, they, no you should be, should be a black praise and worship leader. You got to be a black praise and worship leader. I saw a guy that was so dumb, and he's a well-known preacher, and this was a dumb statement. And bringing division to, the own, to his own body of Christ. Speaking out and saying that young black men should be very careful about when they're attending churches with white leaders because all they see them as good for is for, you know, their praise and worship, but they're not good enough to preach in the pulpit. Like what kind, what's that message for? Ridiculous. I mean, people have lost their minds. They've lost their minds. They're not doing what the word of God says. They're not abiding by the scripture. Chaos that you're seeing is of the devil. It's of the devil. God didn't say, send it to destroy our nation. You think God wants to destroy this nation? Do you think he wants to heal it? See, because people, <clears throat> they don't even have the right mindset about who God is or what he does. There's people that actually got up and preached during this time. God sent coronavirus to judge America and to judge the world. No, he didn't. What a nut job. You think God sent viruses and diseases to kill people around the world to judge them for their sin? Let me ask you a question. If that's the case, if God is judging the nations with coronavirus, what do you say to any Christian who died because of COVID-19? Did God just judge them, his own children? See, this is where people don't think. If, if you're going to stand up and preach, God sent Corona to judge the nations. There's sin in the world and he's judging the nations. Well, how do you explain his own children dying? Is God killing his children? Is God a child abuser? Love you, Tim. That's my brother. I love Tim. Is God a child abuser? No. If God was on the earth, would child protective services come and take us away from God? No, he's not a child abuser. He's not sending these things to destroy people because of their rebellion. He, we're in a time of grace. He put the sins of the world on the body of Jesus Christ on the cross and then gave us a space of grace to repent. He's not judging the world yet. He will, but he's not doing it yet. And if you're so foolish that you think God's doing this stuff to judge the world, you don't know God and you don't know his word at all. At all. People have lost their minds. Chaos is of the devil. Jesus sets things into order. Man with a withered hand in the, in the synagogue. That withered hand is representative of chaos. That's a deformity. That's something that's not in natural order. It's out of order. The chaos of the deformity out of natural order. The religious people wanted him to leave the dude alone because it's the Sabbath day. He said, are you kidding me? And he spoke and the man's hand grew out. What did Jesus do? Jesus put chaos back into order. Jesus put chaos back into order. And that's exactly, that is exactly what the church does. By the power of God, we bring chaos back into order. But you can't do it if your church is shut down.
Can't do it if your church is shut down. Shame on any pastor watching this that you've kept your church shut down when it can be open and you've attended marches instead with a little mask on your face, with your little social media videos. Shut it down. Shut the whole thing down. You might as well go into business somewhere. Kept your church shut. Won't feed your people. Well, we do it online. Do what the Bible says and come back together. Shame on you. It's a weak spirit you have. Weak spirit. Very weak. You're not a strong leader if you do that. Put God's priority down here. And your cultural priorities up here. Weak. Carnally minded. Shake yourself. Snap out of it. Come back in to what God wants you to do and stand up and be the spiritual leader God called you to be. If you want to be a politician, get out of the ministry and go be one. Get out of the ministry. Shut, turn your church over to somebody that actually has a heart for God and the things of God and shut it and go do something in politics if that's what you want to do. Don't stand around with your little pastor shirt on with your little mask out there with your cultural march, with your church still shut down. Well, I don't feel to open it up yet. You don't really get a choice, do you? Because it's not your church, it's God's church. And he never told you to shut it down. And the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the custom of some, but as you see the day of the Lord approaching, gather all the more. God didn't shut the church down. Shame on you. If you want to be a politician, go be a politician. If you want to be a man of God, then be a man of God. Be a man of God. <clears throat> Just blowing my mind today. I'm telling you, I can't stomach this stuff. I can't stomach this foolishness from preachers who obeyed the government to shut down, but when they said open, they still won't open. You got people, you've got people that are falling back into sin. I've had people writing me. I don't feel, <clears throat> I don't feel the same I used to. I'm losing my faith. I don't understand what's going on. I'm losing, I need you to help me out. Our church won't open. I, I don't feel the anointing anymore. People need the corporate anointing. <clears throat> God didn't just put the church there arbitrarily. People need the anointing. They need church. They need the gathering together of the believers. It's not just so we can come together and see each other in our Sunday best. There's an anointing on it. And people are shriveling on the vine because they got spiritual lazy leaders that are more interested. You know why? Because you've gotten bored in your calling. You've gotten stagnant in your calling. You don't carry any fire. You don't carry any power. So you might as well become a politician. Because you don't have fire. You don't have, let me just tell you, I've heard you preach. I've listened to you pray publicly. You don't have the fire. You're not interested anymore like you used to be. You let the fire go out. And that's a problem. Because your people are the ones suffering because of it. No fire. You know what you ought to do? Instead of scrolling your Twitter feed and reading all the news, you know what you should do instead of watching everything and starting commenting on everybody's stuff? You should lock yourself in a room and pray and fast until the fire of God comes back on your life again. 
otherwise get out of the ministry and stop giving all of us a bad name. Because I won't be grouped in with you. I won't be lumped in with you. Full of dead men's bones. You like having the little collar on and you like wearing the suit. You like standing in front of a congregation, but you don't have any fire to deliver into their spirit men. So if that's the way you want to lead, you might as well do something else. People sitting around, I can't figure out why the church isn't growing. I can't figure out why nobody's coming. Because they can feel that you've got nothing. I love. I, I quoted these. <clears throat> And that's, trust me, that's not all preachers. There's a lot of preachers still got the fire. There's a lot of preachers that are still on fire preaching the truth. A lot of preachers who've not bowed their knee down to the culture. What a shame. What a sham. Preachers going out to... You got preachers going out to George Floyd's funeral just to get a photo op in front of the casket for the culture, bro. What a sham. What a shame. Got no fire, got no anointing. Doing it for the culture, doing it for the gram. Blows my mind. You stand up and preach the gospel. Stand for the Holy Ghost. Because you know what will change the hearts of men. Be a cold day in hell. I have to go get photo ops for my Instagram. Post a black square, or you know, it's like if you have to if you have to try to convince everybody that you're not racist, you might have an actual problem. I have to go through my camera roll and find every picture with me and a black person and post it. I actually love black people, guys. Ah. It's like if you have to convince everybody. <clears throat> that you love black people, you might not be loving loud enough. I don't have to post a square to show you I'm not racist. I don't have to go through my camera roll and post every picture I have with every black friend I have. Stupid thought. What a stupid thought. And Christians need to wake up and think. If you're in a church like that, you need to take a double take and think about where you are, where you've decided to plant yourself and your family. Because <clears throat> one thing we need more than ever before is strong leaders. I don't let, I'm not going to let my children grow up weak. You think I'm going to let my children grow up with this kind of cultural rhetoric and antichrist rhetoric going on and say, well, you know, that's the world today, kids. Stupid. Craziness. It's not going to happen in my house. We love people, but we stand for what the word of God says and we will preach the truth. And ain't nobody in the culture going to shut me up because of the color of my skin tone. What a dumb thing. What a dumb thing. We need to just take a step back. We've been doing a lot of listening. <laughs> what do you think I need to listen to? You think I don't know when a tragedy is a tragedy? You don't think I know when things are wrong, wicked, and sinful? <clears throat> you know what? White preachers should, white Christians, white, we should just do a lot of listening in the moment right now. Do a lot of listening. I don't need to do any listening. I read the Bible. I know what's wicked. I know what's good. I understand the pain of it. I know. Well, you couldn't know unless you were black. No, I can know. I can feel the heart of hurt. <laughs> the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we have a high priest, as Jesus, who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. 
He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Does Jesus have to be black to be touched by the feeling of your infirmities? Does he have to be Native American to be touched by the feeling of your infirmities? Does he have to be Puerto Rican to be touched by the feeling of your infirmities? Or can he feel it because he is the Christ, the anointed one? Can we feel it because we are the Christ, the anointed one, the body of Christ on the earth? That's why I can feel it. I have a spirit man that's been renewed, that walks in love, that can feel the pain and problems of others. Why do you think I've given my whole life to this? People are are unbelievable. I'm just, we need to think about what's going on and recognize what the Bible teaches. We need to do, you, you should be very silent right now and do some thinking and pondering. No, I don't need to be silent now. Now's not the time to be silent for any genius that suggested that. It's not the time for any strong preacher to be silent. I don't care if you're black, white, red, or yellow. You could be pink for all I care. You need to open your mouth and boldly preach the word of God. Boldly preach the word of God. That's what needs to happen. And that's what we're out here doing. I'm going to sit home. You think I'm going to call pastors? Well, pastor, and let me tell you something. I don't, I don't have to go out for offerings to come in. So you think, well, he has to go out. He doesn't have a church, so he needs he needs to do that for, for financial purposes. I don't have to. I could sit like this in front of you every day. We have wonderful partners that are attached to this ministry. Miracle Word, Mighty Men and Women, the Victory Tribe attached to this ministry. And we together are doing the work of God. I'm not strapped. We don't have debt. We're debt free. So if you think, well, yeah. I can't imagine sitting home and a pastor says, we really need you to come preach a revival. Well, I don't feel to go back out into churches yet because, you know, Corona. I don't feel to go back into revivals at this moment. You'll never hear me say something stupid like that. You know, you'll never hear me say something foolish like that. Well, I just don't feel right now to go back into churches. I think it's a little risky. We need to use wisdom in the current climate that we have, please, you'll never hear me say something dumb like that. The world needs Jesus. People need a breakthrough. People need to be touched by the Holy Ghost. They need it. You think I'm going to curb the, the message of the gospel because, you know, for any reason, because there's a coronavirus or because of my skin's white, you've lost your mind. People need to wake up. If you're in the body of Christ, you shouldn't be a fool. Because you've got the mind of Christ. You've got no business being a fool in the body of Christ. If you've got the mind of Christ, you should have God thoughts going through your head. You have access to his ways and his thoughts. He said in Isaiah, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But he gives us access to his ways and his thoughts by the mind of Christ. We have no excuse to be foolish. We have no excuse to be uh, deceived by a propaganda that's driven by a mainstream media with an anti-Christ agenda. I'll never remove my posts. I'll never take my broadcasts down because I think they're too inflammatory. If you don't like it, log off. If you don't like it, don't share it. If you don't like it, block my account. Because I'll keep preaching the truth and love and I don't need, I don't need, mmm, ah, ooh. Because this is the word. It's the word. And the word of God brings the change that we need. 
brings the change that we need. Well, I agree with you, Kim Hughes. It's a sham. You got the churches all shut down. You got the streets packed with people. Packed with people. It's like I saw a meme somebody made of the jam-packed crowds in the city squares in these cities, and all the people are jammed in as tiny little people and a little word bubble coming out. Do you think we should go back to church this weekend? And the person next to him with a word bubble, no, it's too dangerous. <laughs> too dangerous. As they're jammed together. <clears throat> Unbelievable. And I'm just telling you today, and I love you. I wouldn't talk like this if I didn't love you. Because I love people more than anything. I I see, God said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you even have any love for yourself, that's how you should love your neighbor. You love your, the Lord your God first, and then you love your neighbor. I love people. That's why I'm in the ministry. God called me to go love people with the power of God. And see, people that don't care don't speak. That's the key. It's the people that are too weak to speak. They're the ones that truly don't care because no, no matter what the backlash might be, you still have to bring the truth that will set men free. John 8, 32, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But if we're too weak to speak the truth because we're afraid, well, I don't want them to see me being all adamant because in this climate, because I'm white right now, I should be listening. No, you should be speaking the truth. Speaking the truth in love. And that's exactly what we need to be doing. It's exactly what we need to be doing. And so I'm just telling you right now, don't believe these lies that are being spewed in the streets. Don't believe these lies that everybody's got going on. You need to be silent. or that The value. You need to go back. Bishop Trice is on. I love you. Bishop Trice in Florida. Hear what I'm saying today. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the lie. If you're a preacher, be a preacher, not a politician. If you want to be a politician, go be one. But don't try to be both because God needs men of single-mindedness that will step up and without taking their eyes off the goal will do what God's called them to do. You understand? And we need strong leaders right now. We need strong Christians right now. They're not going to be caught up in their emotions, caught up in what's going on on the news, caught up in the culture. If you've put culture over your kingdom, then you've got a problem. You need to reevaluate your life. If you've put your culture over the kingdom, reevaluate your life. I promise you, I would never, ever in a million years put my culture over the kingdom. Never in a million years would I do that. So what a foolish, foolish thing to do. You cannot do it and say you love the Lord. The Bible, you know, you think about it. It's, it's funny when they told Jesus, hey, your mother, your mother and your brothers are here. He said, who are my mother and my brothers? Who are my mother and my brothers? Jesus said that. Jesus said that. Think about this. Jesus said, anybody who in comparison to their love for me doesn't hate their mother and brothers. Think about that. Not that you hate people. Jesus said, in comparison to your love for me, your love for me should be so great that in comparison to that, it looks like you hate everybody else. Doesn't mean you, he never encourages us to walk in hate. Obviously, you know that, to love your neighbor. But he said, the kind of love you have for me should be so great and beyond anything else in your life that in comparison to that, it looks like you hate everybody else. 
Let the dead bury their dead. Don't put your culture over your kingdom. What do you think? You think when we get to heaven, you think when we get to heaven, there's going to be a black section of mansions and then a white section of mansions and there's going to be a Puerto Rican section of mansions and then there's going to be an Asian section of mansions? Is that what you think? God's going to segregate heaven? It's a kingdom. It's a kingdom. We have a king. It's not a democracy. We have a king. We follow his rule. The king commands us. I'm a servant and a child of the king. Has nothing to do with that stuff. I am, I'm obviously, no one has to get on and say, yes, I'm, I'm here to tell you inequality is wrong. Well, if you don't think inequality is wrong, you're a nut job. I think injustice is wrong. If you have to stand up and say, I think injustice is wrong, you're a nut job. Who doesn't think injustice is wrong? Of course it's wrong. It's funny to me when everybody gets on and says stuff. You know, watch, watch the culture. Watch people that just want to be popular. Watch people that just want to be applauded by men. You know what they'll do? They'll say things that everyone already agrees with, but they'll say it like they're taking a stand for it. Well, I don't care what anybody says. I'm just here to tell you today, and I don't care what you may think of it. I don't think that the Holocaust should have ever happened. It's like, oh, really? Wow, what a breakthrough. What an amazing revelation you had. And that's what people do today. They do it, and they say stuff that everyone already agrees with, and they say it like it's a breakthrough moment. I don't care what it's, I'm just here to tell you, I think it's wrong when a black man's murdered in the streets. Oh, really? What a revelation. We all think that. We all think that. You have to get up on a little soapbox and make a little statement. It's funny to me. The people who just want to be popular get up and do these things that everyone already agrees. Who's standing on the other side of that line? It's like Scott Adams said online. It's the only protest I've ever seen where no one's on the other side with another opinion. Who has the other opinion? Who... Let me ask you, who's, say, who's standing up in America and screaming, no, there should be no equality. We need inequality. Who's screaming that? Who is screaming, no, we need injustices. Injustices are right. Who is screaming that? Tell me who in America is standing up screaming, no, police brutality is needed. It's important. We need police brutality. Who's saying that? Who is saying that? So we have these picket lines, we have these protests, nobody's on the other side. People are angry, think, who are you fighting against? Who are you arguing with? Now you're going to defund the police because you're a moron. Well, who do you, if someone's getting raped, who do you call? If your child's being molested, who do you call? If your wife is being murdered, who do you call? If your house is being robbed, who do you call? You're a moron if you put if you believe in defunding the police department. A moron. A moron. These police are so wicked. We need to defund the police. You're a moron. Absolute fool if that's your stance. Because you've had people. There are crooked people. Can I tell you something? There are crooked, wicked, corrupt people in every single organization in the world. In, including the church. Including behind pulpits. We've got corrupt preachers. We've got 
corrupt pastors. They're even in the church. We thought we could trust the Boy Scouts of America. We sent our little boys to be a part of the Boy Scouts of America. It's a wholesome group. It's a wonderful group. They'll learn how to whittle. What a shocker when we found out there were perverts in the ranks of the Boy Scouts of America. Kids getting molested. There's corrupt people. There's wicked people in every organization. You deal with the people like they're dealing with the police officers. Like they're dealing with the two police officers that threw the old man to the ground. They're dealing with the four police officers in the George Floyd case. You deal with the individuals. You don't throw everything out because you've got people that are wicked. Can I tell you something? If you did away with every organization that had wicked people in it at some point in time, there would be no organizations. You know, if we're going to get rid of every organization that ever existed that never had a corrupt uh, that had a corrupt person in it, you'd have to get rid of the church. You'd have to get rid of all government. You'd have to. I mean, like, if you're going to defund, if you're going to defund the police, imagine that you've got to defund the government because there are completely corrupt people in the government. So the same people and the same logic, people would have to say, you know, the same thing we need to do. We need to completely defund the government. We need to have zero government in this nation. That's what this nation needs, zero government. We need zero police and we need zero government. Good luck. It's called a third world nation. Corruption in the streets, people just doing whatever they want. You go to these places where the, you know, Fulani herdmen are showing up and stealing your daughters to abuse them sexually and sell them into sex trade. Good luck with you and your little third world nation mentality. Is that what you want for America? Is that what you want for America? We're just armed men with machetes come in and take all your daughters and sell them into, se- into the sex trade because there's no rule and even the ones you would call to come protect you are also corrupt and would need bribery before they would help you? A, a nation of mercenaries, is that what you're looking for? What do you want to try to do? Create the movie The Purge and actually make that what America's like? People are so foolish so foolish their minds let me show you something let me show you what happens to wicked people when they keep on with their wickedness they keep on with their wickedness listen to what the bible says romans 1:18 for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they're without excuse. For although they knew God, they didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. That's what's happening now. The minds of people have grown dark in their foolishness and rejection of God, and God has turned them over to their wickedness. 
God, let me tell you something. If you don't know this, God doesn't have to send judgments against places where there are already wicked people turned over to their wickedness. Their own wickedness is a seed that will produce a harvest of destruction. Let me ask you a question. When you pump your veins full of drugs every day, all day for years, do you think when, you, when, you're, uh, when your nerves are shot, when your brain is shot, when your system is shot, do you think that's God's judgment against you? Or do you think that's the harvest of pumping your body full of drugs every day? God doesn't have to put, pour out his judgment upon you for destroying the temple of the Holy Ghost. You did it yourself and your own wicked actions have a harvest coming to you. So you think God has to pour out judgment on people right now? Their own wickedness is bringing forward their own harvest of wickedness. Destruction. It ends in destruction. The wages of sin is death. It's not just eternal death. It's all kinds of death. It's anything sin touches begins to die. If you let sin reign in your mind, your mind will begin to die. You let sin reign in your relationships, relationships will begin to die. Let sin reign in your body, your body will begin to die. Anything sin touches, it kills. God doesn't have to throw judgment on the world. Thank you, Rakia. Thank you. God doesn't have to do that. Because right now, people are destroying themselves with their own wickedness. It's all kinds of death all kinds of death. And it's time for us as the church to stand up and stand strong. Stand up and stand strong for what we're doing for Christ. Don't allow yourself to be pulled into this rhetoric, pulled into this propaganda and be told lies and you believe them and swallow them hook, line and sinker. Stand up for what God's called you to do and be. And if you're a preacher, be a preacher. If you're a pastor, open up your church and pastor your people and don't let them fall into destruction because you're not going to open up. I don't feel to open up. Open up or get out. God never told you to close. And people are dying. And people, I've had, I'm telling you this because I've had so many people write me that they're on the, on the verge because they got no spiritual leadership. If you think church at home is the same thing as church in church, you've lost your mind. Lost your ever-loving mind. It's not the same. And it's not scriptural. It's time to stand up. I'm going to pray for you today. Because it's time for us to get a boldness like we've never had. It's time, and, I, and I honestly don't care. I, I'll say the truth in love with boldness. You know me on this, bro. I'm not going to hold back to you. I'm not going to just, you know, beat around the bush. Well, you know, guys, we have to be sensitive to all kinds of thought process. No, I'm not. If it's a wicked thought process, call it out and say what is right. The reason so many Christians can't think properly about what they should do or how they should act is because they've had leaders that have beat around the bush and said, well, you know, we have to really understand that there's many different ways. No, Christians don't even know how to think anymore. And so I don't mind telling you how I think so that you can see how I shape my thought process and the logic that I use from the word of God to understand the foolishness of the fools. They think they're wise, they've become fools. And it's time like never before for Christians to be bold 
and to be involved in what God's doing, to get involved in kingdom agenda, to stand up and push the gospel forward before it is too late. Time is running out. Jesus is coming back. People aren't ready to see him when he comes. Your loved ones, your family members, your friends, they need the Lord. They've got to see Jesus as a savior before it's too late. And God's going to use you and he's going to use me in these final moments of time. Doesn't matter what skin color you have. Does not matter where you are from. Doesn't matter your economic status or which side of the tracks you grew up on. God's going to use you if you're yielded to his Holy Spirit. He will use you. He will use you. I'll never have high blood pressure, Joseph. I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. See, because God's with his people that are doing his work, he'll strengthen you. He'll give you peace. He'll give you rest. God watches over those that are doing what he's called them to do. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you because we need an impartation of boldness, fire, and strength. And you hear me, if you're a preacher watching this, whether you watch it on the replay or listen to my podcast, if you've lost your fire, you've become disinterested, and it's a labor for you to even preach the gospel and stand up in your church and you can't even get anything to preach on. I got to find, oh, it's time to preach again. I got to I gotta find something to preach. If you, can, if you don't have something bubbling up in your belly, get the fire back. Lock your, turn your phone off, turn your tablet off, turn your TV off and shut the door and lock it and pray and fast until the fire comes back and something is bubbling up in your spirit, man. You're a mouthpiece of God. You ought to have something to say, especially in times like this. And so I want you to bow your head and let me pray for you because I love you and God's going to use you mightily. He's going to use you mightily in these final moments of time. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray for every man and woman that's watching the broadcast today. I pray in Jesus' name that you would strengthen your children, strengthen your people. Give us a fire like we've never had, a boldness like we've never had in Jesus' name. I pray in Jesus' name that churches would be strengthened, that churches would grow, pastors would catch on fire, evangelists would catch on fire, apostles, prophets, and teachers. Let us stand up in these final moments of time and do what you've called us to do and put our blinders on and ignore the propaganda and the antichrist agenda, not be caught up in emotion, but be caught up in the spirit of God to do the work of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, use us for your glory. Heal this nation, heal this land. You said in your word that if we'd humble ourselves and pray that you would hear from heaven and you would heal our land. So we're crying out to you today, heal this nation, heal this land, bring unity back to this nation. Father, we thank you that injustice is being punished, inequality being punished, and that you're bringing into this nation the glory that you said, even in the fall of last year, you promised us that the same way that that coat was draped over the pulpit in Cannonsburg, that you would drape this nation with your glory and your power and your anointing and your revival again. We have an expectation that the final months of this year will be greater than any months of any year that we've ever had in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we give you glory and we give you honor and we give you praise in Jesus' wonderful and mighty name. And if 
you believe it today, throw some fire in the comment section and let me know you're standing and believing with me for the greatest days that we've ever seen in Jesus' name. And we're here in Horseheads, New York. The revival was extended. Now we're going to go through Wednesday night. So we got tonight, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, um, and we've got all the information at miracleword.com. If you can make it, you need to be here. If you can make it, you need to be here. Let me encourage those of you that are watching to sow a seed today into this ministry. Sow a seed into this ministry. You can go to miracleword.com, miracleword.com, and partner with Carolyn and with me today. As we're taking the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world, literally doors are opening right now, like we've never seen. Before this year comes to an end, we will be touching more people every single day than we have in the history of our ministry. It's supernatural. And you are a part of it because you're part of the family. We've been calling it the Victory Tribe, miracle word men and women that are mighty. And God's connected you with us. And so I want to encourage you today to stand with us in partnership. God knows what we've prayed, what we're believing for, and it's already, it's already in motion. People are standing with us day after day after day, and God's speaking to you to be one of those as well. You can use Cash App if you're in the United States. The username is MWGive. Same on Venmo. If you'd like to use PayPal, the email address is info at miracleword.com. The easiest way, no matter where you are in the world, to sow a seed today is at miracleword.com. And for every person that's standing with us, I wanted to do something to be a blessing to you in the month of June. We are sending you this powerful book by Dr. Bill Winston on the law of confession. For those that are uh, partnering with us at $85 a month or more, in the month of June, we're sending this book. It is a powerful book. And there's nothing like the power that's in your words. And Dr. Bill Winston, let me tell you, there may not be a greater faith teacher on the earth today that carries a spirit of faith like Dr. Bill Winston does. Every time I listen to him teach and preach, I feel a gift of faith in operation. Uh, you feel like you can change the world when he's done speaking, done teaching and preaching. And so the law of confession, that's the book we're going to send you in the month of June. For everybody that's standing with us in partnership, we love and appreciate you. And we've prayed. I understand not everybody can do the same thing. Not everybody's at the same level, but you're at some level. At some level, you can do what the Lord's speaking to you to do. So when you go to miracleword.com and you click on the give tab or the partner tab, you can set up a recurring seed that you'd like to sow every month, or you can sow a one-time seed. For those that are sowing, love you, Bishop Trice, thank you. For those of you that are standing with us at $1,000 or more this month, we're not only sending you that book, but uh, the Genuine Leather Life Application Study Bible. And now we finally have them in hand, the brand new hardcover edition of Further Faster. And uh, we're going to sign one of those and send it to you as a gift to say thank you so much for standing with us. It makes a difference when people give largely. It makes a difference when people sow 1,000, 2,500, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. It makes a difference to touch this world. We are still considered in the top 1% of givers supporting children all over the world that are feeding. Uh, we're feeding the hungry every single day. 
were still to this day considered. I wanted to be at the top of that list because I'm going to do what Jesus said and not just talk about being a blessing. I'm going to be a blessing. And so every single day, feeding children all over the world, you're in partnership with this ministry, you're doing all kinds of things, not just humanitarian things by the power of God, but the preaching of the gospel, seeing people saved, changed, and receiving miracles by the power of the Holy Ghost. You're making an eternal difference. I always tell people to think about it in this context. You know, $85 may be a, uh, a dinner with your spouse or a phone bill or a cable bill, but imagine what it does in the hands of God. Imagine what it does as you sow it as a seed every single month to change your generation. You know, I made up my mind. It's like here, you know, I, last night, let me tell you, I, I don't ask you to do things that I wouldn't do. And we had a partner night here with the, with the Uproar Conference, which I have been blessed to speak at every single year that it's been around. And uh, one of the things that they were believing for was $100 a month partners for the conference to be able to continue to give the gospel for free to these young people that come in from all over the nation. And uh, my wife and I each both partnered at $100 a month just for the conference. I'm a speaker at this conference, but I, I believe in it, so I sow. I say that to say this. If you truly believe in something, you don't just say that you believe in it. You take action that shows, not only do I believe in it and stand behind it verbally, but I am taking action to push this forward and to see people changed by the power of God. That's what your seed is doing when you sow it. As you stand with this ministry in partnership, that's exactly what you're doing. And I want to say thank you so much to every person that is a partner with Miracle Word Ministries. And uh, Carolyn, by the way, is getting on a plane today with my son, Teddy, and uh, she's flying up uh, to Ithaca, New York. We're going to pick her up. She'll be in the services with us the next three days. I've got my whole family here. It's going to be phenomenal. If you can join us, let me highly encourage you to join us. Of course, we'll be live again tonight at 6.30 on uh, Facebook Live. We will uh, share the broadcast so you can watch us live in the revival and every night. But we'll be back again this week at 10.30 every single morning, just like normal, just like today. But I'm telling you, it's time to get stirred up. It's time to get built up and fired up about what God's doing on the earth. Don't lay down. Don't lay down to this culture. Don't lay down to this antichrist agenda. Don't lay down. Stand up and stand strong for what God is doing in the earth and be a Christian that God called you to be. And everything, I'm telling you, is going to change for our favor. I've been confessing it. These are going to be the greatest seven months of any year we've ever had. And things are turning around for us in Jesus' name. Let me pray a blessing over your family before we go. Father, thank you for your precious people. Thank you for every person that's standing and giving and sowing, believing for America to be changed by the power of God. I ask you now in Jesus' name, touch families today. If they're sick in their body, heal them. If they're battling in their mind, I pray that you would set them free. If they're battling in their relationships, restore them. I pray that you break every addiction in Jesus' name. Give us the greatest month in June that we've ever had by the power of God. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise in Jesus' wonderful name. I love you guys so much. I'll see you again tonight, live 6.30 Eastern time. And then I'll be back with you again this morning and all this week, 10.30 a.m. every single day. I love you guys. Have a great one. 
and I'll talk to you tonight. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.